trust departments and how they can help you. It's a question many people ask and one that more people should ask. In this episode, we'll take a look at the different aspects of how trust departments work and how they can help you. With us today, we have Nick Emerson, who is the head trust officer and vice president at Farmers National Bank with offices in Prophetstown, Geneseo, and Morrison. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Excellent. Hey, I'd like to start off uh, with, a, with a very simple question. What type of products does a trust department have to help customers? Well, I would like to, I guess, separate those into three different categories, uh, mm -hmm. three main categories. The first would be wealth management and retirement planning. Second would be farm management. And the third would be trust and estate administration. Each, each one of those uh, has, you know, different items that comes with it uh, for us to help customers. So I, I guess those would be the main, the main three. Let's dig a little bit deeper into each one of those topics. First, tell us a little bit about the products you use to help with wealth management and retirement planning. If it's okay with you, Neil, I'd like to talk just a little bit about my background. And no, I think that'd that would, be great. How that would fit in, how that fits into each one of the different categories that, that we're going to talk about. Uh, well, first in this category and, and others to come, but um, first, uh, I guess I got a finance degree from Iowa State University, um, and then after that, I, I worked for Edward Jones. Uh, I got my Series 7 license and uh, became a financial planner there. Um, after that, um, I went to work for a company called Ag Perspective um, and did crop insurance and grain marketing. So I've, I've got um, both the finance side and money management side, as well as farm management, which we would, we'll talk about maybe a little bit here in the future. And then I came to the bank here about 10 years ago to run the, run the trust department. And I've got uh, a CTFA, which is a certified trust and financial advisor certificate as well. So um, well, well-rounded individual, lots of different experiences throughout the years. So, but then um, I guess the first, as far as uh, wealth management and retirement, I wanted to talk about, we'll talk about retirement planning here first. Um, the different types of accounts that we have in retirement planning would be uh, traditional IRA, Roth IRAs, SEP IRAs, and simple IRAs, which are all different types of individual retirement accounts, which can be utilized. And then we've also got um, business, for businesses, we've got Safe Harbor 401ks that we're able, able to utilize. Each one of these different types of accounts has different tax consequences, which I can delve into further, either pre-tax dollars or post-tax dollars. But um, each person's individual situation is different, and but we can help you decide which would be uh, best for you. Uh, the other thing that's unique to the trust department would be we're able to hold what I would call hard-to-value assets, where at most uh, brokerage firms, you're only able to put mutual funds, stocks, bonds inside of an IRA. Uh, within our trust department, being a fiduciary, uh, we can put inside farm ground or gold, uh, different things that, uh, antique cars, different things that are have a harder, harder way to, uh, I guess, value to them so that we're able to uh, just be unique in that way. So those are kind of the retirement planning options that we have. Um, as far as wealth management is concerned, there's be two different types of accounts that we would have uh, to help you grow your money outside of an IRA. 
The first would be a custody account. Uh, inside the custody account, uh, actually the customer, we were really just holding these assets. Customer, I'd help them set up the account, but the customer is directing how or what we're buying for them. Um, it's less active. We're not going to take into consideration a lot of what the market is doing. Um, the other type of account would be what's called an agency account. Uh, an agency account is actively managed. So we're taking, we're putting the funds, the assets inside that we like. We're taking into consideration what the market is doing and then uh, buying and selling assets at the opportune times to try to, to beat the market. So those would be the uh, two different types of accounts uh, inside that wealth management piece that we do for customers. I'd like to follow up with a question on that because I think one of the things is when people do look at retirement planning, at what point should they be looking at? Is this something that it's a one-time decision or what should they be looking at and what can you offer them? It sounds like you can actually walk through the different scenarios and what would best fit their situation. That's a really good question. So I would say you need to start looking at uh, growing your assets and retirement planning right away as soon as uh, you start work right out of college. Um, the, the longer you can grow your assets, uh, the more we're going to be able to exponentially grow them. We start putting money into the market at an early age. Uh, those assets are going to grow uh, exponentially by the time you're, you're retired. There's a little rule called the rule of 72. So uh, money doubles uh, at an 8% rate, then it grows every nine years. So if you, if you have $1,000 at the age of 30, um, at 39, it is going to be 2,000. At 48, it's going to be 4,000. If I can keep my math going straight here, <laughs> at, at, 50, at 57, it's going to be 8,000, so on and so forth until, until retirement. So just an example that the earlier you start this process, the more money you're going to have in retirement. That makes sense. That makes sense. Do a lot of people uh, do this planning or is this something that they wait to the last minute? Uh, typically, they're waiting to the last minute. Um, they're, a lot of people are lucky enough to have a 401k at their job that they are, you know, throwing some money into, um, but not really thinking about it. They're just, uh, it's what everybody else is doing, so what they're doing. But but you really need to put uh, start making a, a serious plan uh, for actual retirement, probably at 50, you need to start looking into this even more in depth and saying, okay, am I paying off my bills in the, in the correct time? What bills am I going to have in retirement? And then also how much money is going to be there? And what's my social security going to be? Um, what's my tax implications for each, each decision I make. So there is a in-depth process each time that you, uh, when you're trying to make that plan for retirement to make sure you're going to be able to live the same life that you're living today. I think that's some great advice, and that, that's definitely an area that I think people should be aware of. I'd like Agreed. to delve into the next area. You had mentioned farm management, and maybe you could explain a little bit what that is and exactly what that entails. Sure, sure, I can I can do that. Uh, so there'd be, there'd be two main types of uh, farm management. There'd be first, there'd be a cash rent lease uh, or cash rent. We would uh, just have a... You, the customer would have a actual uh, dollar amount that comes to them on a regular basis. We enter into 
a lease contract with a farmer. And that can be $300 an acre, $350 per acre. Um, it's a guaranteed price that you're going to get per year. And you can actually enter into contracts on a longer uh, period of time, one, two, three years. Um, but it is a fixed price per year. Um, there are variable contracts as well where you can make that change a little bit uh, to help fit uh, more scenarios, uh, whether crop prices go up or down. So that would be the first type. The other type would be uh, a crop, crop share lease where you enter into the farmer, the people that own the ground, enter into the farmer and share in the expenses and then share in the profits. So you can enter into a 50-50 crop share lease um, the lessee uh, pays for 50% of the inputs and then gets 50% of the profit. This is going to have a lot more variability inside of it based on what happens with farm prices and yields, uh, weather. Um, there's typically more downside in this uh, situation because the farmer and you are taking the risk, but there's typically more upside uh, as well. So those are the two types, two types of, of farm management agreements that we would enter into with lessees and tenants. The last category you mentioned was trust and estate administration. If you tell us a little bit about a difference between a trust and an estate. Sure. Um, so the difference between a, and a trust and estate, um, I guess an estate comes from a will and a will goes through probate. Um, so probate is a six month process where a creditors are able to come and make sure that, uh, they get paid essentially. Um, so this, a will takes longer. Um, it actually is a little cheaper for an attorney to draw up a will. Um, but it takes six months longer at a minimum. It has to go through that probate process as opposed to a trust, uh, does not have to go through that probate process. So. Uh, you don't have to wait that six month period for creditors to come in and make claims. Uh, it can be administered a lot, a lot quicker than a will. Um, the other main difference is a will is public. Uh, it has to be filed with the court as opposed to a trust that does not. So it's more a, pri a trust is way more private than a will is. Is there any advantage to a will over trust? Is it something that they're all, it's better all have trust or is there, what, what would be the better scenario for a will versus a trust? When would you, when would sure. you best apply either one? Sure, sure. Good question. So a will typically applies to maybe simpler assets. Uh, customer has maybe cash only um, or not as, not as many assets um, as opposed to a trust where, um, where you've got farm ground inside of it or stocks, bonds, mutual funds, or a lot of assets where you, you're wanting to get those assets out uh, quicker uh, through a less cumbersome process. Uh, so that would be the main you know, differences between when you might, when you might choose them. It, a will is for really for simple situations, kind of like I stated before, a trust, you can make much more complex beneficiary designations inside of, the, inside of a trust. You can keep the asset inside the trust. You can make it out uh, give it out to the beneficiaries in a much more complex way. Um, you can set parameters where they don't get it within, uh, you know, they get some of the assets at 25, they get some of the assets at 30, they get some of the assets at, 
you know, 45 or, or whatever, as opposed to a will where, you know, it's, the estate is administered and they go out right away. So there's just a lot more uh, flexibility with a trust than there is a will. Do you write wills or trusts? Uh, no, Neil, no, we, no, we don't. Um, we get confused or a lot of people, our customers think that we do, but we don't. Um, we work with attorneys that write trusts. Um, we can refer them, uh, refer you to those attorneys, but we don't actually write them ourselves. We work with them on a regular basis. Um, so we can understand them. There's a lot of, uh, lawyer ease in there where they can be hard to understand. So we've read, I've read thousands of trusts, so I can help you make sure that what the lawyer is writing is actually what you're saying, um, just to verify that for you, but we're not going to write them for you. We can just help you understand them and then administer them after the fact. Listening to you discuss trust, it sounds like there are different types of trusts. Maybe you could just touch base on that a little bit. Sure. Uh, there are many, many different types of trusts. There's uh, revocable trusts, uh, which would be the most common type. There's irrevocable trusts, but there's special needs trusts where you can uh, have a, a grantor if you have a special needs child to, to help in the future. There's land trusts uh, to put, put them inside of. There's insurance trusts. So there's many, many different types of trusts that fit many, many different types of situations. Um, there's so many, in fact, that uh, it'd be, we could go on for uh, a long, long time and not cover them all, but <laughs> <laughs> there'd be, uh, there's a trust to fit almost every situation that you've got. Well, that definitely sounds like you need guidance. Uh, this is not something you just stumble into by yourself. You, you definitely need a, a trusted advisor to be able to kind of go through this is what it sounds like. I would agree with that statement 100%. That's what we're here for. <laughs> what does trust in a state administration include? So uh, trust in administration, uh, I guess, is more complex maybe than people would think. So every every trust or estate is going to have different assets inside of it. Could be stocks, bonds, mutual funds, farm ground, gold. Could be a house inside of there could be a rental property inside of there. Um, but so we are going to either start, you know, either sell those assets, um, but we're going to do whatever the document is telling us. But, you know, we're, we're going to start by collecting the income and dividends that are generated by those assets that you have to make sure that they get to the correct place. And then if, if the document calls for it, we're going to distribute that income to the beneficiaries uh, to per the document. We'll make decisions based on your estate planning documents, whether it's a trust or an estate. Um, that may sound like a simple thing, but when you've got a family member in charge of it, a lot of times they can feel pressure from other family members uh, to not do exactly what's in the document. You're kind of keeping making sure that family members don't butt heads in a lot of, a lot of cases. Um, we maintain records. Uh, for the assets and investments so you can see exactly what comes in and exactly what goes out to make sure that you're comfortable with what's going on. And we provide those records, you know, on a monthly basis to make sure that you know what's happening inside the trust as we're administering them. We have, uh, you know, we're, we have resources and knowledge to help, you know, save time and identify tax savings uh, tips 
to simplify you, this is something that a normal person isn't going to have the expertise to do, but uh, we not only have that expertise, but then we've got other tax professionals that we work with as well that can help help do that. That could be for income taxes. There's also estate taxes. So you want to have somebody that's familiar with estate taxes as well. So we're, we have expertise in those estate tax situations, helps you minimize federal estate tax and gift tax uh, that go out. Um, and then, you know, I guess we pay all the debts uh, of the creditor that, that come in uh, to make sure that that person, you know, before we distribute the income to make sure that uh, all the debts have been paid and uh, we don't have any creditors coming in and trying to take our money. So those are really kind of the, the big steps inside of a trust administration uh, from what I see. That's a lot. That's a lot to offer and very, very in-depth, I might also add. Well, we want to make sure that uh, you feel comfortable. So we like to be very uh, open in the process. I'm going to ask, are there any other types of accounts that Farmers National Bank Trust Departments offers? So there is uh, one other kind of large type of account that we offer. Um, it's called a, a community. We have a community foundation in the trust department. Um, and I'm executive director of the of the community foundation. Um, I guess you're probably asking, what is a community foundation? First of all, uh, it's a right. public charity that focus on, focuses on a geographical region. Um, they pool donations from individuals to address community needs um, or support local nonprofit organizations. So really, you can give donations to the community foundation to help your local community is what it amounts to. Um, there's many different types of accounts inside of a, inside of there. Um, donor advised funds, which would mean that the donor themselves, the person giving the donation gets to advise the community foundation on how those funds are spent. Um, field of interests funds where they can just say, hey, we want to give to art or we want to give to farming. And uh, then the community foundation, based on those parameters, decides what can the funds can be given away to. There are scholarship funds. So you can start a scholarship fund and give, give money away um, to high school students graduating and going to college. And then um, this isn't all of them, but another large one would be just what we would call the unrestricted fund. And you, you can give money to the community foundation and the community foundation can give the money away to the community how it sees fit. Um, this happens a lot when people pass away because they don't um, know 20 years, 30 years down the road what the community is going to need. So they may give a chunk of their estate to the community foundation and say, just let the community foundation give it away as they see fit. I guess um, the reason somebody would do this, any of these though, is because uh, money given or donated to the community foundation is a tax write-off. So anything, whether it's income tax or actually estate tax after passing, you can give your money away and it's a, a one for one tax write off. It also sounds like a great way of, of providing a legacy for yourself as well to be able to give back to the community, you know, after after you've passed on. So it sounds like a, a great opportunity like that. Uh, many people think of it that way. Well, Nick, thank you very much for all the information that you've provided today. I think anybody should be, I think everybody should be listening to this and definitely you pointed out in depth, I think, 
a lot of the advantages and, and just how a trust department can help somebody. I'm going to give you the last few minutes to give me your final thoughts and maybe summarize things or things that you want, you'd like to bring up as well. Oh, sure. Sure. Um, I just, Neil, I think people don't think of like a local trust department to, that has for all of these services, they go elsewhere where somebody can show up at, at your bank and all these services are provided right there for them. And they just don't know it. Um, so I guess the thing I just want to kind of go over again is the, you know, the main types of accounts that we have. And, you know, if you need money managed for you, um, whether that's in retirement or um, when you're 30 or 40, just trying to make a financial plan, we can help you with that. Um, if there's um, an estate or trust that, that you feel like you would like need administered, you don't have the people around to do it, or you just don't know what that all entails, we can help you with that. And then, you know, third, we have that farm management piece um, where we can manage a farm for you. If you're not in the area, you're not here. Um, if you just don't feel like you have the expertise, if you're that next generation and you don't know, um, we can manage that farm for you to make sure that it maximizes the profits. And I guess that that last one that you asked me about last, the community foundation, if you if you're needing, you know, tax write offs, um, if you want to provide a legacy after you pass or even while while you're here um, around and and watch how that money is spent to help in your community while you're getting that tax write off. Those are all um, these are great ways to do it. And, you know, the trust department, Farmers National Bank Trust Department can help you with any of those. Again, thank you for your wealth of knowledge and your experience. What is the best way if somebody's listening to this and what is the best way they could get in touch with you or to start talking to a trust department? Uh, so Farmers National Bank, I'm in uh, the Geneseo branch. We're in Prophetstown, Morrison and Geneseo. I'm, I'm mainly in the Geneseo branch. The phone number in Geneseo is 309-944-0580. Um, our website is www.farmersnationalbank.bank and you can find my uh, email um, there. That's Nick E at Farmers National Bank dot bank. Um, and if if you bank with us or don't bank with us, just give us a phone call at any of the branches and they can they can get you to us. That sounds great. What we're going to do is also put the web address and the phone number in the show notes so that if somebody is driving or something like that, they can go back in and be able to have all that information right there. Sounds great. Well, again, Nick, thank you very much for what I feel is a very educational uh, episode that we put together here. And again, thank you for your time and for your your, your experience and sharing that with us today. I appreciate uh, you giving me the opportunity to do so, Neil. Thank you. Thank you.